Welcome to episode two of my Q&Ha podcast. If you listened to episode one, you will recall that I discovered this nice late-night radio DJ-style delivery by accident. This episode, I'm recording about midday on Friday, so I'm having to act as if it's late at night, which neatly sets us up for this week's question. Our question this time is, what if you treat this situation as if it's a different one? As an example, let's imagine you have a scene where your HR manager character Miriam is on a date, and she is treating the date as if it is a job interview. She might be asking for references from previous lovers, asking where they see themselves in the relationship in five years' time, asking if they're interested in the promotion prospects to be promoted to husband. Or conversely, you could have a scene where Miriam is conducting a job interview, but she's treating it as a date, inappropriately hitting on the candidate, taking advantage of the power imbalance. As the poor man who really wants the job squirms as he's being hit on. In both these scenarios, Miriam is behaving as if it were a different one. Treating situation A as if it were situation B. The great Scottish comic Kevin Bridges has a story about being threatened late at night at a bus stop in Glasgow by a knife-wielding man, who he refers to as a friendly madman. The crux of the story is that the friendly madman threatens Bridges with being stabbed unless he hands over a pound. At this point, Bridges acts as if the mugger is a salesman giving him a wonderful, generous offer. He talks about how wonderful it is to be saved the pain and horror of having to go to A&E having been stabbed for a mere pound. I'm a sucker for a bargain, he says. A date, a job interview, a mugging. Three very different situations where one person is trying to get something they want from the other person. Why not try in your stand-up, your sketch comedy, or maybe in a sitcom comedy drama scene? Having a situation of this sort, where character A is trying to get something from character B, and one of them is behaving like it's a completely different situation. And if one of your characters is behaving appropriately for the context, have fun with how they try and deal with this strange behaviour. In my book, Creating Comedy Narratives for Stage and Screen, when I interviewed Will Hines, of the Upright Citizens Brigade, he had this to say on the topic. The scene is an intervention, but instead of trying to get someone to quit drinking, you're trying to get them to stop taking selfies. It's got all the gravity and somberness of trying to get someone to quit drinking, but I'm applying it to their Instagram strategies. The tone doesn't totally fit the situation, and therefore is funny. Sometimes we call that a mapping scene. I'm taking an intervention and mapping it 
onto Instagram stuff. And also, you could say you're treating excessive selfie-taking as if it's drinking and in need of that kind of intervention. In the Friends episode, the one on the beach, Chandler and Monica are sunbathing and bantering about whether Monica would go out with Chandler if he were the last man on earth. No, she wouldn't. Meanwhile, Joey has dug a huge hole that he's proudly standing in. Monica gets up, steps into the sea, and is immediately stung by a jellyfish. Joey recalls from a TV show on the Discovery Channel that to deal with a jellyfish sting, you need to pee on it. Monica is aghast. Joey offers the privacy of his large hole for Monica to do what needs to be done. It's in the next scene that we get to the big as-if. Here we find a deeply troubled Chandler, Monica and Joey talking to the other friends about what happened on the beach as if they're in a war movie talking about the horrors of combat and the inhuman depths to which they were forced to sink. Incidentally, in the payoff to the scene, we discover that Monica didn't actually pee on her own foot. An initial misdirection makes us think it was Joey until we discover that Chandler did the deed. In the great sitcom Motherland, there's a scene where the parents have been assembled for a meeting about an outbreak of nits in the school. The comedy comes from the teachers treating it as if it were COVID. It has all the tropes of a COVID public health announcement. The podiums, the slogans, the health experts treating nits as if it were COVID. It can also play out in a parody. For example, Key and Peel's wonderful sketch, Flicker, where two office co-workers are teasing each other, pointing at their tie or their shirt, and saying there's a stain there. As their colleague looks down to see, they flick their nose. A harmless, ridiculous little prank. However, the whole thing is played out as if it's an intense psychological drama. In these four examples, treating taking excessive selfies as if it were alcoholism, treating having to get someone to pee on your jellyfish sting as if it was a horrific situation in a war, treating nits as if it were a global pandemic, treating a silly office prank as if it were a psychological thriller. These are all taking relatively trivial annoyances and problems and treating them as if they were very dark and heavy. So here's a second thing for you to try. If you have a trivial or petty annoyance or frustration in your comedy, in your stand-up or in a scene or a sketch, how about you or your characters treat it as if it is very significant and serious. You can also do the opposite, where the situation itself is very dark, but you play it as if it's banal or trivial. An example of this can be found in Richard Pryor's extraordinary heart attack routine. Latterly in the routine, 
his fearing death. And so he prays to God. This very dark and dramatic moment is made comic by him playing out the prayer as if it's a phone call. He says, when you're in that position, you put in an emergency call to God. Next, he acts out the phone call dialogue. Can I speak to God right away, please? Then he gets put on hold. Here, he's acting out a prayer as if it's a phone call to a heavenly helpline. At the more absurdist end of the spectrum, in the pre-Python show that Michael Palin and Terry Jones produced, The Complete and Utter History of Britain, there's a sketch where a modern-day estate agent is in Neolithic times, and he's showing a couple around the newly built Stonehenge as if it's a property for sale. Similarly, in a more recent Mitchell and Webb sketch, an estate agent is showing a couple around a swimming pool, actually in the water, as if it's a property for sale. In these examples, aspects of the commercial world are being brought in where they don't belong. So here is a final thing for you to try. Take a situation where commerce or business has no place and try playing it out as if it does. An example that occurs to me is someone saying, yes, I will be your friend for £20 an hour. They're acting as if it's a commercial transaction. So that brings us to the end of this second episode. I'm enjoying recording these. I hope you're enjoying listening to them and that you're not nodding off with my soothing tones. Or if you are, maybe this is another use for this podcast to send you into a sound sleep. Thank you to the comedy crowd for supporting the podcast. To James Stewart and Jem Mars Gantz for the original music, and to you for listening. See you next time for another Question Tool of Comedy. <laughs> <laughs>